the Gentech podcast discussing business, investing, and marketing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gentech podcast, bringing you valuable and inspirational discussion with top business owners. Today we have on Roddy Gonzalez, the owner of The Bungalow, a gym in Tampa, and we're going to be talking to him about his journey as an entrepreneur. So Roddy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. So we were talking a little bit about your story, but I really want you to you know, explain to viewers your journey. So first, let's start with where are you from? Um, originally, I'm from Hawaii, um, born and raised, and I was there until up to college, and I finished out my college career in California. Um, studied kinesiology over there. My focus was clinical exercise. I went to the California State University of Fullerton. Um, after that, decided to kind of take my um, career to Los Angeles and kind of went into that whole field of in the fitness industry, um, learning that. Um, I was there for about five years um, until I finally made the journey down here to Florida. Yeah. And going back to Hawaii, so you know you're leaving your hometown, and what really led you to make that hop and to go to California? Yeah, I think being part of a small community where everybody knows each other, I think has its like benefits, you know. But obviously, as we're young, we want to explore. Um, I kind of wanted to, you know, what we call it like island fever. Um, but prior to that, I was playing volleyball for uh, University of Hawaii. Um, you know, I got injured during that time, during that season, um, in a surfing accident. Um, and that was kind of like one of those moments in life where you're like deciding, like, what do I want to do? Obviously, as a 5'11 Filipino Hawaiian dude, you're not going to make a volleyball career out of yourself. Um, so then that's when I kind of started to figure out, okay, what's my next move? What is my career? Um, but obviously, in that injury time, as many of us have been injured before, we kind of just have those low moments. Um, it was not until like I got together with my mentors, my athletic trainers, um, and just really kind of like picking their brains on what they did. And, and that's what really piqued my interest, not only because they helped me get back and, you know, help me in my rehab moments, um, but get back up on my feet, but also showing me, hey, like this is a direction I could take. So exploring different majors and different things like that and different schools, um, I felt like California was kind of like the close closest to home. So it wasn't too much of a jump, even though it was like six hours. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, once I made the jump to go to California and kind of continue my studies in clinical exercise, I was like, well, this is it. It just kind of opened up a whole new world for me um, in that time. So um, I will say just kind of like that exploration of like wanting to try something new was really what pushed me, you know, to kind of jump out of the coast as I would you know or to the mainland as we would say mm -hmm. um, and and kind of further my studies in there so the injury you were talking about how did that moment really shape you um yeah well man I feel like I can really like go into that so like the injury itself um, it was one of those life-changing moments because literally you know when I went to the doctor, it was a surfing accident and um, just got hit with a bad wave. And basically the doctor diagnosed me paralyzed from my T3 all the way down to my L1. Um, so basically my whole left side was numb. And for somebody who's been mobile, right? You know, and at the blink of an eye, just get that taken away from me. You're like, whoa, right? Um, then when we finally got the opportunity and I was able to kind of get that like silver lining and light at the end of the tunnel, I was very like appreciative because those people took the time to invest in me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and something that could have altered my life altogether. So I owe essentially now my life to them. So that feeling um, of just helping others. And I think that's what a lot of fitness entrepreneurs, why we get into this industry is into this business because somebody took their time to invest in us, um, whether it is a transformation or a mental health coach or you know something that kind of just got somebody out of rock bottom. There was a passing of the torch that, hey, you, you were in need, here, let me help you out so that you can do the same for others. And that's kind of like how we were always raised in Hawaii as well. Mm -hmm. Like we called it the Aloha spirit, where we're always kind of giving back to others. And I think that's what really got me into this industry. 
um, because we always wanted to help people. Like we always wanted to give back, even if in, and expecting nothing in return. Um, so I feel like that really shaped and to, to have a career out to do something that we love to do already. I'm like, sign me up, you mm -hmm. know? So, yeah. You know, that honestly does make a lot of sense. And it really shows how much it has shaped your career because now look at you helping people, not just with your business, but you're also continuously giving back to the community and you know, your culture really shines through. And so you make your way to California and, and how is that recovery time? Yeah. So, I mean, California in itself, I mean, that's a whole different culture shock, yeah. right? So, I mean, from a small town to a big city, um, you, you would think that, um, everybody's the same no i had to definitely learn the hard way i mean especially in california it's a dog eat dog world out mm -hmm. there you know they say um it's always about who you know and either you do there's a there's that small percent of the people that do really well and there's a small big percent that people move back home because they just couldn't make out to the grind and la being like the mecca of fitness i mean i had my work cut out for me mm -hmm. um i was just lucky enough to build the relationships, the right relationships with um, the right people. Um, I remember like my first job, the only reason he hired me was, I mean, it was a kid from kid from Malibu. It was a spin studio. And the only reason why he looked at my application was because my number was 808. And that's our area code. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I still haven't changed my area code. Yeah. I never know <laughs> if it's gonna help me it out help. as much, but it did. And lucky enough for me, he was a well-known person in the industry already. Yeah. Um, so I had a jump start, you know, and he just kind of showed me the ways, you know, showed me how to go. Um, you know, unfortunately, like our relationship kind of separated. We just had different philosophies and in how we go about business and things like that too. But I am grateful for that experience with him um, because it gave me the kind of platform to be able to grow some more in California because I got to meet more people. Mm -hmm. um, I got to build my own personal business, in, you know, in the personal training business. I got to work for, you know, companies like um, Equinox, Berries, um, Orange Theory, a lot of these kind of like high-end um, places that um, take care of you as a trainer, you know, or take care of you as a coach. Um, and I think being in that group fitness side really allowed me to also to kind of get out of my comfort zone. I'm naturally an introvert, mm -hmm. but if I have to be an extrovert, I will be. So putting on that mic and, you know, leading a, um, a small group of people, I think allowed me to really um, come out of my shell a little bit and kind of, you know, have the right conversations and have the right people. So, you know, it wasn't always easy though. I mean, I, I would be, you know, lying to you if I said it was all rainbows. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, I had moments where I was living out of my car for like half a year, um, you know, where I would be that one trainer that would also have to wake up at like 4 a.m. before everybody does to take a shower and, and, you know, cook my meals in our gym kitchen. Um, Definitely a lot of humbling moments, you know, I would say, but I think just, just like anybody's thing, there's always kind of be those moments where you, this, it's a fight or flight, you know, where you decide, all right, do I want to keep going or do I kind of want to go back to home and, and, you know, be in my comfort zone? Cause I always know, like lucky enough for me, like I was able to be raised in a family that will always kind of, you know, welcome you. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people don't have that luxury. Um, but I also, you know, have a stubborn mindset where, all right, like if I fall, I fall, <laughs> you know, if I fall, I fall by the sword, as they would say. So I definitely kept, you know, going, um, I was tenacious with it and, you know, and now here we are, you know, so in that, but California was definitely, I mean, there's a lot of stories, but I feel like there's not going to be a lot of film time, um, <laughs> to explain all of them. So, yeah. yeah. So it's so interesting to hear your journey and you know how you started at that spin studio is that your first time being involved in that type of group fitness because you know as a surfer and yeah volleyball it kind of is individual in a um, way um man and it's funny too like i i mentioned like that's my first job and for people that like know me here they're like what yeah because i don't have that personality um as you as now famous spin instructors are mm -hmm. but that was just kind of like my you know open door opportunity mm -hmm. um or my yeah my first job as i would say and it's and it's totally evolved over time i think what that studio brought to me is the comfortability of 
um, being able to lead like a class or being able to lead a thing. Now, was I the best spin instructor? Probably not. Did I have the best music? May you know, maybe. <laughs> I, I would say I'm in, I'm in competitions with the yeah. best of them, but um, but I will say not to knock on that side of the fitness industry. Um, but that's not where my passion was. Mm -hmm. I think that is what paid the bills. Um, it was a great outlet for fitness, for people that enjoy that type. And I'm not one to discount anybody, but from a coaching side of a progression, you know, because growing up in surfing as a sport, you know, you, you refine that skill. With volleyball or basketball or any sports in general, it's a skill. So there's a progression mindset to it. So with a lot of these group fitness or group workouts, I think they bring on the endorphin feeling of like, wow, like I feel really good at the moment, mm -hmm. which a lot of people need, you know, and a lot of people at that time. But from a what's next, that was like my hardest thing that I could, connect my passion because my passion was just like how people invested in me to get better um, and not stay in the same level that's also what I wanted to do for people and I felt like I was getting stuck like in that and that's kind of like why I also dabbled into like training and coaching in other places um, because it allowed me to kind of help people um, be better than themselves you know but if it was in that spin studio or if it was you know at the gym that I was working at at mm -hmm. the time or if it was a, per a personal conversation just like this like that was my goal is for somebody to just come out a little bit better than they did in that experience so and you can definitely see that in your journey and you know obviously you were coaching at all of these different gyms and finding your passion really in coaching but when did you really see your passion to be an entrepreneur um it wasn't until, that's funny you say that because I felt like I was always comfortable working for somebody. Um, because that's the thing in this industry, either you have your own personal business or your personal brand. Mm -hmm. um, the stigma, I would say, or the stereotype for working for commercial gyms, for example, as a trainer is that, I mean, the house always wins. They take most of your, your cut, mm -hmm. but you're the one that's kind of dogging and slaving away. Um, but I never got that feeling um, working for Equinox. I felt like there was like an equal basis of like an effort and pay um, thing. So then working for Orange Theory and working for these different brands, they took care of you as a coach too, you know? And then to fast forward here in Tampa, um, I was working for camp um, or the CRG group and they took care of us. Like, I mean, they were probably the best, I would say, you know, um, paying company in this industry that I, that I, that I can say that I've worked for. So from a comfortability standpoint, um, we were always fine or mm -hmm. I was always okay. It wasn't until the pandemic and it wasn't until COVID, like when everything closed, right? Um, camp did pay, you know, me, you know, so we were able to be taken care of a little bit financially, but it wasn't enough to stand on. And then our, that's when I kind of realized like, if those companies go down or those gyms go down, I don't have anything, mm -hmm. right? And that's the scary part, the instability of things, right? Not having the control and not having the, um, I guess the confidence that you're gonna wake up and be like, okay, like I, I know I have a paycheck coming. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what really sparked, I guess, or the pivotal moment in that entrepreneurial mindset of like, okay, like I need something to help my family and provide for my family. And my dad, he's an artist, you know, he works for Disney, but he's a self-paying artist. Like, I mean, Disney licensed him. He's one of the seven that's only licensed by Disney. But wow. growing up, I always saw him working for himself. If he painted and created paintings, he had money. You know, so in the same way, I'm like, all right. So I'm always used to working my hands. I know if I work, um, I will get benefit and I will get a result. So let me kind of continue on that trend. Um, and then, but I guess that's what opened the door, but to the journey and learning after that, oh man, that's a whole different chapter. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, because I could tell you right now, it was not the easiest transition just because I didn't know what it took to own or even run a business, you know? And I just wish that this was something that I learned at an earlier standpoint now, mm -hmm. you know, but we always say that when we start something new or we start a new skill, we are like, man, I wish I started this when I was younger, you know? But 
I will say right now, I mean, that was probably the moment that I was like, okay, let's let's do our own thing here. So you have this kind of realization moment, you know, when the pandemic hit, and I think a lot of us did, if our jobs weren't stable, and I mean, whose job really is? Exactly. Except yeah. if you own a business. So right. I think that is such a great moment that you really realize, like, this is the path that I need to take. But how do you find the steps to go there? Like to someone listening who kind of feels the same way as you mm -hmm. and wants to branch out and start their own business, like what steps did you take? Yeah, well, I mean, lucky enough, I mean, we have the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have social media, we have those platforms, you know, that um, if you literally type in how to start my own business, you know, so many different results. Um, can open up. I think that was something that back then, you know, we wouldn't have been able to have access to. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of research, um, but I think the biggest takeaways too is because I was always like a, a kinetic learner and um, or a tactile, like I like the ability to, like these type of moments, like to learn under somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I just asked the questions, you know? I just went up to my old bosses, um, my old experiences. Obviously, I went to my father as well, um, and lucky enough, and, and I just asked, like, hey, like, what does it take? Like, how, like, and just asking the right questions of just, how do I start an LLC? What is the difference between an S-Corp and an LLC, mm -hmm. you know? Um, this is something that we weren't taught in school, yeah. you know? Oh, I gotta put aside money for business taxes? That's crazy. Um, but I think, the starting point of that one was just building the network and building the relationships like with the right people but just doing taking the time to do the research i mean it's all out there um and i think for um avenues and networks like these you know and and what you guys are doing as well i think is a great um source of information mm -hmm. um but yeah, so I could say that, like, that's definitely the steps that I took, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what we try to do with this is really just bring that information and talk to business owners and, you know, see what you did and hopefully help someone. Yeah. So, you know, you start your journey and obviously you're a great coach and you know how to do that, but where do you get that business aspect to you? Mm -hmm. And how did you kind of delegate those tasks that yeah. maybe you didn't know how to do? Uh, trial by fire. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, a lot of a lot of mistakes, you know, um, alongside the way. I think um, I had, well, the cool thing about it too is I had people that were like by my side with it that mm -hmm. kind of prompted me to do this. I mean, we started, um, like we started in a garage, like because of all the gyms that were closed down and things like that too. I was just like, all right, like let me open up a gym in the garage and you know, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I would get like DMs from whether people that used to take my class or old clients and just like, hey, like I see that you're working out, I'm getting stir crazy. Obviously we, we practice the safe protocol mm -hmm. and everything, but um, they were just like, can I come over, right? So I was just like, okay, like let's do that. Um, and then two people started becoming three, five, 10, and we live in a townhouse. We're not like, you know, we don't live in this kind of like big neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and then it got to where like 20 people were like in my garage and then 10 of them will be waiting for a session, but then they would be in my kitchen making dinner and I would have <laughs> my kids there and they'd be watching them. And I'm like, man, there's so many like people here. Like, what do, like, what do I do? Um, and they're like, hey, can we pay for a session? And obviously I was like, at that time I was like, no, no, don't worry about it. You know, and they're like, no, 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 like, let, let, like, let's do something here. And I think that's where I like really started to be like, okay, like this can be an actual business. Mm -hmm. um, and this can kind of like take care of, you know, the struggles and the doubts that we had, um, you know, and then fast moving forward, like um, to kind of go and answer your questions of like how we kind of started this business as well. Um, I wanted to open up something or I wanted to kind of create something where people can feel like they can be a part of a community, right? Like they can just kind of be, um, that was the initial goal, or that was, I guess, our initial mission, where mm -hmm. people can just be part of something. That's what, that's generally what people want. Um, so then to take the steps to really learning how to open up a business 
and really taking the time to do that. That one, that one took a minute to do um, into finding the right location, finding um, uh, the right property, you know, allotting equipment, allotting working capital and things like that. And then that's when I brought in partners and investors um, that really paved the way, you know, and helped me kind of like, okay, this is what you need to do. Um, you know, but then because of the pandemic, you know, they're just like, hey, we can't really give much other than consult mm -hmm. and advice. So then I found myself, and then this was kind of like my first mistake of just like, how do I start this on my own with my own money? Like I don't, it's not like I have, you know, 50K sitting in the bank to put in a down payment for a property mm -hmm. or anything. Like, how do I do that? But that was my first mistake of just kind of like, I want the final product. Right. And I think as entrepreneurs and as business people, we all we have our vision in mind of what we want. And we think that's what we're going to get the next day. Mm -hmm. and, I, and for me, too, I'm a perfectionist. Like I like I want this there. I want that there. I want that cool lighting over here. I want this structure and, and this look. And and I was so focused on that that I didn't take care of the foundation. The foundation is first. What is your mission? or what is your core value, right? Because everything is gonna stem and build off that. Um, the product that you have, you know, when, in my sense, we're a customer service industry, so we're taking care of our clients and making sure that product is always the same. Um, and just keeping, you know, the overhead low, right? So I know because we're so, we want, more and i think that's also kind of like the gifts and the curse of social media like you see ev what everybody has already but you don't know the backstory and, and behind um i think that's kind of like where i got caught up in and and i think that's where people can really take the time to be like hey it's okay if you're in a five by 11 studio whatever you know and even if it's not like the end game for you you know and really taking the time to learn that and i wish that's what i did because I think what happened is I just took on all these responsibilities and the analogy I like to give people is kind of like I had all these spinning plates, right? I would add on whether it was, you know, having a big facility and how to kind of maintain the upkeep of that or, you know, coaching, I would say like all the sessions for all our members, but not having the right people to delegate to. So I was juggling all these plates and once one plate falls, it becomes a domino effect and you just drop everything, you know? And unfortunately, like that's what I experienced first starting into this, mm -hmm. where I just kind of took on so many roles because I wanted the final product. I wanted the end game that I never really took care of the foundation. So then I have to backtrack um, and really make sure that we're building off the correct stepping stones, so. Is that something you wish that you could have told your younger self? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, I wish I could just go back in time, slap myself in the mm -hmm. back of the head and be like, hold on. Like, it's going to be okay. You know, like, it's going to be okay. Um, but, you know, do I regret it? No, because obviously that's what shaped me now. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're here. Am I continually learning and growing through it? Yeah, 100%. For sure. And hearing about how you started, how much of the success you have now, as you think, is attributed to your personal brand? Um, I don't like speaking to other people like in this industry and the hardships that they've gone through. Um, I will say we got really lucky and the reason I think why we're still floating or why we're still above um, the water is because the way we marketed ourselves and because of our brand. I think most you know, and again, I'm I'm not discounting anybody's efforts and I never want to kind of be like, oh, look at me and look what I did, mm -hmm. you know, because I made a lot of mistakes and I did a lot of things, but I think I stayed true to the brand. I think I stayed true to the network and who we are. I never lost, you know, touch of that. And I think it allowed people to kind of gravitate towards that and be a part of that. Um, I think the coolest thing that I hear people say is because as a trainer, they're like, hey, I'm training with Roddy or hey, I'm training with so-and-so. Um, or I go to, you know, this gym, but now people are, no, now I know this is a brand because people are like, Hey, I'm part of the bungalow, mm -hmm. right? Or, Hey, I go to the bungalow or, Hey, what's your, what's your home? The bungalow is my home. You know, like people are kind of like adapting, you know, to that name and to that brand and inserting it into their own lives. 
rather than be like I'm being trained by Roddy, right? So I think that's really cool to see. Um, and you know, you always have those moments as a business owner where you just remember um, like where you started and how many people were with you at the time and to see where you're at. You just have those aha moments of like, well, like when did this happen? Or like, how did we build this, you know? so. There's been more of those moments now than there were obviously back then. And I think that really, you know, goes towards the aspect that, okay, the product is working or the brand is something, right? That can grow. So um, I would say, did I answer your question? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. You can also like let me know too if I'm going off topic. Yeah. No. So I kind of want to go backwards a little bit. Talking about the spinning plates, what lesson would you say is a good lesson to like explain what you learned from those setbacks? Right. Um, keep it simple. I would say that's, I, I wish that's something that I did. You know, I think I like, I overcomplicate things and even the way I express certain ideas and opinions, like I kind of jump into different things, but I would say, keep it simple, keep it direct. Um, know your mission, know your core values. Um, and know what works and what doesn't, right? Being able to kind of, don't try to chase your losses, I would say. Like if it was a failed mistake, it was a failed mistake, you learn from it. Don't try to be like, well, I know I can make it work. Like humble, you know, be humble um, and learn from it and then move on. Um, don't don't dwell on the past on that one. Cause I think when we have so much in our mind, especially now too, you know, I'm, I'm gr- really grateful that there's a lot of like, mental health avenues as well and that's something that we try to really incorporate like in the bungalow as part of growth is like growth in the mental space Mm -hmm. or in the headspace of things because as people now who um have access to all different information like i said it's a dog it's a catch-22 we can get caught up into so many different things so i will just say for the people that are starting out and to my younger self like i just wish like i kept it simple keep it to two to three things that you know you can better in the two three months you achieve those okay great now what can, what else can i do building from that and that will that's where you're going to see the most momentum rather than feel, feeling like i'm always catching up like that's the worst feeling you know mm-hmm. of having to like am i going to be able to maintain this facility tomorrow like checking your bank account every you know 10 minutes uh uh mm-hmm. you know after um all the bills and all the checks go out so um i will say just save your headspace for the important things so we were talking about the bungalow's mission and vision and you're trying to reinvent gyms here so can you t- tell our viewers a little bit more about your business model sure about it being more social and yeah. more than just a gym yeah i think our well, our mission is you know we're, we want to create a safe space for like-minded individuals that where they can come in and grow not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, right? And having all aspects of that. I think that is what gyms try to do. Uh, but for the most part, when you see their marketing or what they're pushing um, is, hey, look great, feel great, right? You know, but it becomes a very aesthetical or I would say a vain concept Mm -hmm. to where one, it it limits from people coming in and the intimidation factor of like, I don't know if I can ever reach that goal. Or for the people that are already part of that community and maybe they're not exactly there yet, but why am I not like that, like the end game? It becomes defeating for them, Mm -hmm. right? But I think when the mission kind of takes back to be like, all right, let's just make you a better person, like a better person individually. Um, one, it lessens the pressure of having to keep up with everybody and it makes it about me, well, that person mm-hmm. um, individually. So that's our mission. And then when you have like-minded individuals, because it does take a village, like it's hard to do things on your own. Um, and then now people are just kind of building off each other and not just the hard, physical workout obviously we know that's what we're coming into we're a gym we're going there to challenge ourselves you know to push our boundaries beyond our limitations you know to push our bodies in certain movements that probably we would never have thought of Mm -hmm. um but to get that also after effect of like man i'm a better person mentally because of this like for us coaches like that is a win because now it kind of 
not takes us out of the picture because that's always our goal too. Like if we're not in the picture anymore, are you still gonna maintain this lifestyle? Like, are you still gonna push yourself without us texting you, hey, where you're at? Mm -hmm. Now it just becomes part of you, right? And that is also another thing too, or another um, effect that I'm seeing with a lot of our members and a lot of our people is like, before working for different gyms, they had us call, literally we call it kind of our callbacks and maybe this is a little, if you've ever received that text from your coach, it's because we had to, mm -hmm. right? It's because we had to. So we had to meet this quote up like, hey, haven't seen you in a gym, miss you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I haven't had that here. You know, I haven't had that experience. I mean, yes, there's occasional like, hey, I haven't seen you, but it's because whether they're traveling or working, but they're like, I get that first text of like, I can't wait to come back or I can't wait to be there again, or I'm really missing the gym. Um, and that that's where I'm kind of like, man, these people really feel like, you know, um, they're a part of the community. So the mission is being accomplished. Um, the vision for it all is that we want to give people kind of like that safe space as well, where they can feel like, man, this is my home and they can be proud of. So we always, I mean, it would be nice to have like the state of the art equipment or anything. Um, it would be nice to have, you know, um, the luxury feel and the things like that too. But again, that's that's the end game and that's the end result because I, I am a bougie person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just like my things. I've been living in the city and stuff like that too. But I think I want to, my vision for the bungalow is to just have a place that people are proud of. You know, that they can feel like, man, I really call this my home you know whether that's with the most expensive equipment or with the 5 by 11 space um, and if we accomplish that when people walk in and they really feel that experience um, then the vision is also being met um, in that but our goal for that and our goal for the bungalow is to be, just be that one-stop all-inclusive space where people can function um, bring their families in or bring themselves in, they can grow network, not only in their physical health, but also their business health, financially and emotionally, yeah. So the bungalow obviously does a great job with client retention, and how would you say it really differentiates from these, what's the word? <laughs> um, like other, like, like boutique fitnesses? Yeah. Yeah, um, not too, not to discount what anybody else is doing like i said I, you know i think this whole fitness community too is very competitive mm -hmm. like i think it's so easy um to be like i need to be the best gym in tampa right um you know i was able to in 2020 win best of the bay like for you know best wow. personal trainer I didn't even know I was in the running for that, right? And then a lot of people was like, man, you won best of the bay, you, what did you do, you know? Um, I was like, I don't know, I just did what everyone else was doing, mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of people are so inclusive to be like, okay, let me kind of follow my lane and let me do that just so somebody else can't, where I feel like the best thing or the best products or the best companies are the ones that kind of like learn to collaborate and learn to do things together. Um, so I think that's kind of like what I wanted for the bungalow to be. It's just, it's just not, it's, we're the bungalow, watch us, watch what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I want it to be like, hey, we're the bungalow, do you want to do something together, right? Do you want to, you know, you want to, even if it was, you know, a restaurant or a, a marketing company or um, something as you know um, a pop-up uh, for somebody who's starting up their clothing brand right if it's it's something that can benefit both relationships and cultivate that relationships um, that's what I felt like was our goal and in that people just learn to be like okay I want to be part of that too right and that's kind of what helped our client retention um, and that's really what helped our business like flourish is the relationships and the networking too and that's really what we try to push in that. Going back on those collaborations I mean that's how we found you from you doing a collaboration with another account that we follow so how important do you think it is to be really involved in the community and have those collaborations with you know other Tampa businesses? Yeah. I mean big huge I think it, you would not be successful if you didn't. Like if you had that mindset of just like, 
I'm gonna figure this out on my own, which hey, like if that's your if that's your goal and that's your you know headspace, then hey, go for it and I wish nothing but the best for you. But the road will be a lot easier if you have people by your side, for sure. Um, because I would not have met the people that I have not now, whether they're future business partners, friends, um, family, um, you know, I was just mentioning the other, you know, to one of your colleagues, how there were, there's, there's now businesses that have started like in our gyms because of the, um, like-minded individuals that come in and be like, Hey, like you're part of that. Cool. Like, Hey, this was my idea. That's my idea too. You know? And then just that collaborative self, something grew. Um, I think that that should be a, a goal for every business person. You know, because if you're just stuck in your own thing, you're just going to be caught in the rat race, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's no fun because that's where we kind of lose, we get burnt on both ends of the candle. Um, but if you have constantly things that are just putting on and helping you grow as a person, and then you're also helping other people grow, it's a give give and it's a, it's a win, you know? So I would say, you know, if somebody's starting their own business and, and they have a hard time not knowing where to start, build the relationships. And I know you say that you do a lot of collaboration, but where else can you give advice to our listeners to find those relationships? Because, you know, some people do want to have those collaborations, but they don't know where to start or how to find these other people. So how do you do it? Yeah. Um, it's funny. There's one, um, one company that we work with, um, Sunny Collabs, and, and they're a great friend. We both worked at camp together, the owner. And I, and I just remember her, she's one of those like um, sales person, but when she, I was like, I saw her account grew, right? To a ton and I'm like, what did you do? And I was like, I just hit up people on Instagram, just DM, 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 mm -hmm. hey, 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 same, same thing. And I was like, all right, let me try that. You know, so I'll do the same thing. And, and now I have this like eclectic group, so I slide, you know, slide in the DMs a little bit um, and just take that step, you know? And I think that's what really social media is so great for. Mm -hmm. I mean, one, obviously make sure you're taking care of your own personal social media. Like that's the front door digitally now, um, you know, prior to this conversation, we talked about home and how important that is. Um, the social media aspect is now your home and that's people's first impression of you, right? So making sure you're really taking care of that. Um, and then two, obviously the engagement and then following that and then hitting up the people and just taking that step. It, it might be uncomfortable for a lot of people to just be like, cause if, cause it feels like you're wanting something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think you take away that stigma and people are kind of on that same mindset as well. So maybe you're the one that's opening the door for them. Um, so I think just really taking the step to, to make that conversation. Um, I think it's so easy for us to just be stuck in our own little bubble into our own little show. And I mean, that's what the pandemic did. We were forced to be in a bubble mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So we kind of lost that social aspect to it. Um, and that's why the bungalow promotes itself. It's not just a gym, it's a social club, mm -hmm. right? Because that's something that we push people to be and be like they don't want to just be that person taking the class and it's like i'm just here taking the class and nobody talks to me like guaranteed you walk in our doors you will know every single person's name and everybody in and that not because the coach will say hey this is so and so because everybody there will be like hey i'm this you know or i'm you know i'm maria i'm deb i'm this person you know so they they come out of their shell so i think for in a business mindset and standpoint we have to be that mm -hmm. um if you want to be successful what other skills would you say that a successful business owner needs to possess and needs to have? Mm. I would be lying if I said I had all the skills and said you need to have A, B, and C in mm -hmm. order to be successful. Um, because I think from a fitness standpoint, like that's something that I studied for a long time. A lot of us in this fitness industry are great coaches, but we're not great businessmen. Like, you know, to to be able to delegate the right tasks, to have systems and operations in place, to know your, it, or it, you know, even then, like the money coming out, your net versus gross income. So I didn't say that right. Um, <laughs> but the financial standpoints uh, of your business, um, I would, you know, if I told you coming in, like you need to know all of that, would it be a, a benefit 
and would it be a plus to have that knowledge prior yeah for sure um i think the biggest i would say not skill but characteristic mm -hmm. you know in someone's character is uh don't quit like kind of like that you know um persistent um you know characteristic because i feel like there will be moments and there will be times where you're like literally at on your floor and just like why am i doing this and like and it's gonna be kind of like that make it or break it moment you know for you i have many of those right mm -hmm. and and i still had the knowledge i still had this is what you're supposed to do but there are just things and moments in your life that just it doesn't go that way right but if you quit then you're done right so i think out of all the things skills wise and what you need to know i feel like embracing that personality and embracing that character trait i would probably focus on that as a person because we go into business in order to provide a service or to provide a help to other people but if you're not taking care of your home first or yourself first you're not going to be a uh, you're not going to be a benefit to anybody right so um, you're just going to be burnt out and then people are going to get that from you whether you're in the restaurant industry whether you're in a customer service industry hospitality industry like for an industry that you're working with people um, or clients and people can see that from you that you're just like, like man this guy looks like he doesn't have his life together they probably have that impression of you so i would say out of all the things and skills going into a business and starting a business work on yourself first make sure you have all your you know all your check boxes checked out um personally that you're in a great mental headspace to go um, and take on new stuff if not then you're probably going to run into a lot of obstacles for sure and business owners definitely run into many setbacks and i think you know the best business owners turn those setbacks into opportunities just like you have but what advice would you have for business owners to you know keep their confidence and to really take these struggles and turn them into an opportunity yeah um if you can and i mean we keep going back to this you know concept of have people buying it by your side because you know they're the ones that's going to kind of lift you up you know to be able to be like I mean, I can't count how many, I can, you know, there's not enough conversation I can count where I can be like, there were times, like I told you, those in the floor moments mm -hmm. and so-and-so being like, but look what you've already done. Or like, hey, like instead of having this perspective, you know, why don't you look at this? Because they're going to see things you don't see for yourself because whether you're a perfectionist or, you know, you have, you have, you see things in a certain point of view, other people see it from a different lens and they're able to kind of just open up that door for you and really help build that confidence back up of being like, oh man, you're right. Um, but for people that don't have that opportunity, because there are, you know, and people who are feeling like they are on their own, I would say just take it like one day at a time, mm -hmm. right? Like rather than being like, I'm not where I want, where I'm not where I want to be financially, or if it's a, um, you know a certain amount of quota i'm not i'm not meeting that quota every week or i'm not ever meeting that quota every month okay cool you know that now right so now let's let's take it down a notch for today or this hour what's going to help me get there right but let me just focus on this one hour let me focus on these next 20 minutes right and really monopolize or mon monopolizing that time and really um and being able to kind of like Again, simplify it, the equation a little bit, or simplify the problem so that the solution can kind of come out of that. Um, that's what I would say for people who are feeling like they're on their own in this, because if you're out there, you are, but if you are out there, let me know. Um, I would definitely love to kind of network and chat with you um, and just the stuff that I've learned, you know, through it all. Definitely, and you know, as you were saying, you've had those moments of just like, what do I do, you know? And how do you, would you want to share with us maybe some setback that you've had and then maybe a lesson that you've learned sure. from it? Yeah. Um, I think a great story or was when we were first starting out and finding our first location. I think we 
we had um, an investor or partner kind of come into the play with us and you know there was like a lot of things promised that you know we had a project proposal we had our business proposal our business plan or things like that too um everything was checked out right so now it was just a matter of like finding the right location you know signing the paper on the dotted line and then going for it right so we found the location we were so excited um and then once we were about to sign that rental agreement and we were about to order all the equipment we were about to go for it you know our partner unfortunately was just like hey i gotta back out because i gotta move right so i can no longer support this um this endeavor mm -hmm. right so i was just like man so here i am i made promises to people i kind of was just like yeah this is who we are i shouted this out already i had all these agreements with different you know um companies and things like that too and you know i had to kind of backtrack and tell them like yeah we're actually not gonna go that route because mm -hmm. we don't have the capital and we don't have the money to do that you know to be able to to go to that property that we were gonna rent out and be like yeah we, we're gonna have to back out of this offer you give us a really good offer but there's no way we can you know support this mm -hmm. um and those were times where it was just like man like why, why am I doing this? How, like, how can we do this? How can we fund this? How can, you know, and all these questions kind of arose and insecurities kind of came out of just like, is this something that we really need to do? Because I had, you know, other business partners that I promised them a certain amount of, you know, pay. Um, you know, I had different partnerships that were like, hey, we're going to go into this business together. But now you're telling me you can't even support that. So it was very embarrassing. Um, and I think that's where I overpromised and I underdelivered, and a lot of relationships and a lot of bridges were burned because of that, you know. But I, but being prideful, I kept going like, no, we're gonna be fine, we're gonna do this, no, and and I played kind of like that salesy role, mm -hmm. just like, but 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 just wait, just wait, just wait, and look at that, and then soon time enough to where I was having to tap into my own you know savings and my own funds to support the business and support the things and i found myself in the underwater so then i found myself like kind of trying to dig out of this hole that i've created rather than just being honest of where i'm at and telling people where i'm at rather than trying to kind of um maintain this um image of like i'm doing so well mm -hmm. I mean, you know even my investor would check in on me because i mean we were friends um you know how's everything i was like oh we're fine we're fine but being that prideful role of just like yeah i really needed you but i don't need you you know mm -hmm. and and i wish i can go back in time and just be like yo just be honest and where you're at because when you're honest with your at it's easier to take the right steps forward rather than making all these promises and all these deals that you can't even commit to, or you can't even, um, there's not a lot of meat to the bones, basically, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. So um, I would say kind of for people, it's just kind of be honest with where they're at and, and know that it's okay to be there. Um, it happens more often than not because people that now I've talked to like other business owners mm -hmm. and other successful companies when they tell me their stories I'm just kind of like yo I'm there right now <laughs> like so yeah. what'd you do so oh it happens more often okay cool all right so then that makes it you know okay and and shows that okay there is a light to like to the end of the tunnel um, for it and you know, the bungalow, like you said, having that social club aspect with those like-minded people, I think you're just really making this atmosphere for people to be able to share that. Like you said, like businesses have come out of your, your gym because of the conversation that's happening and having that openness. So I can see that, you know, you really learned from that and made that environment in your own gym, which is yeah. super special. And you know, in your industry, how would you measure or define success? um just care like i think for the people i think um you know being kind of part of both worlds where i'm working for somebody like in the product and then working for myself i think when i was working for somebody kind of delivering their product or delivering their workout um, they were very specific like we want a coach to look like this we want this coach to have this type of personality have you know this type of um, 
atmosphere and its structure in your room, which, hey, that's your business, that's your product, that's what you need, right? Mm -hmm. But it kind of shaped us to be like robots, right? If we're not following something, um, then we're not gonna be, we're not gonna have that best class or we're not gonna have that best workout. People aren't gonna come back to see you. Um, but I knew there was something more to that than that surface level. Um, so what I tried to do like in my sessions, in my classes or my experiences with people is I would invest my own time because that's what happened to me, right? People invested in me, so I'm gonna invest in them. Mm -hmm. So I took the time, took the time to learn not just somebody's name, but kind of like what they're going through and um, who they are, their family, their um, wants, needs, um, weaknesses, right? Um, because as a coach, like that's your goal, right? Is to help somebody grow out of themselves or take them to a place that they feel like they're stuck in. Um, so I think in the bungalow, like that's what we try to do um for people is we just care i mean when people come in here i'm like so what makes you different from a gym i'm like this this workout is for you personally mm -hmm. like if not you know not just for a person trying to get fit but it's just like okay what does amy need right now right what does nausea need right now and then let's really push that um for you so if somebody in the fitness industry just takes the, that little moment that little 10 20 minute conversation and really cares about the person oh their successes are going to be boundless so to wrap up the podcast, what is the biggest takeaway that you hope our listeners learn? Um, the biggest takeaway that I hope whoever's watching this is it's okay to, to be where you're at. Um, it's okay to take it day by day and to take kind of like a realistic um, checklist. Um, but also kind of just what I mentioned in that one point about, you know, what type of characteristic you have. I just like, just don't give up right if your goal is your goal and your mission is your mission don't lose sight of that obviously you know if there are people that or if there are things that can make it better hey take all the advice and take all you know and take all of that but don't lose your foundation in that um that's just kind of so kind of that cheesy stay true to yourself mm -hmm. um you know motto um because if you're authentic um, you're staying true to that. You're always checking in with, you know, with why you started, checking in with the why and the mission and the core values. Um, your customers, your clients, your people will see that and they'll take that and they'll adapt to that and attach themselves to that because you're genuine. So don't lose that authenticity, don't lose the genuineness and it takes those little moments of self-check-ins to really get into that. So that's what I would say I would have people take away from this. And that was a great lesson. And Roddy, where can our listeners find you online? Online, um, you can check our um, Instagram, um, Bungalow TPA. Um, you can also find us on TikTok, um, you know, The Bungalow TPA, and our website too, which is www.thebungalowtpa.com. And my name is Nasha Sasa, and you can find us at, at Gentech Marketing on all social media platforms. Roddy, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Yeah, yeah. thank you for having me. It's great. And thank you guys, we'll see you next week.